You're listening to Vexed, a program on the Ephesus School Network. I'm Andrea Backus, your curator through biblical literature and its world and culture. Just as a museum curator selects, acquires, cares for, repairs objects, and discovers frauds and counterfeits, I'll be sifting through our world and culture for examples to help us better understand the biblical text. I've been re-watching the TV series Breaking Bad. I'm a big fan of the show. I saw it back when it first aired in 2008 and then watched it a second time a few years ago. It's a lot of fun watching it in the Netflix era because it feels more solidly like a story, with no commercials and all the episodes available. The fact that we can show binge now feels like a breakthrough in modern storytelling. Breaking Bad is a gem, a work of art, I would say, certainly the best cat and mouse show I've ever seen. I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying watching it a third time and I wondered why that might be. It's not what I would have expected. Since I already know the characters in the storyline, I assumed that I wouldn't be as interested, that I might be bored watching the same story play out yet again. After all, nothing compares to the thrill of a brand new story, right? It's exciting when you're watching a movie or show for the first time, because it's all unknown and about to be revealed. And when it's a good story, you experience the feeling of being engrossed, lost in the story and in the characters, totally present. Well, I've thought a bit about it, and I've concluded that the reason I'm enjoying Breaking Bad rewatch number three so very much is that I'm noticing so much more that I hadn't noticed before, and that's a big part of the fun. The show is so much more so much richer, more textured, and elegantly crafted than I'd first thought. I'm picking up on elements of the story that I missed even on the second watch. This time, since I already know the characters in the storyline, I can focus on other things. I listen more carefully to the dialogue. I notice a brilliantly delivered line, or even the way the look on a character's face says it all without saying a word. I notice elements of the set that add to the story. One of my favorite set pieces is Walt's car, a cream-colored Pontiac Aztec that's missing a hubcap. It's the perfect everyman car. A few dings here and there, but gets the job done. I notice the flow of the story, the way that characters react to other characters and events. I can appreciate the artistry, in the way the twists and turns of the story are depicted. I notice the use of color and lighting. In Season 3, Episode 6, 
Walt and Gail are sharing their love of chemistry over cups of wine in the secret underground lab. And as the scene progresses, the lighting changes from bright to dark and gloomy. Their faces are in shadow, and you're left feeling ill at ease. Again in Season 3, as the pressure on Walt and his family increases, I notice that the scenes shot in their house grow darker. As they share dinner at the dining room table, the table is dimly lit and the background is dark. It's intimate and yet ominous. You feel dread, and the tableau occurs more like the set of a play than that of a TV show. As I sat enjoying the rewatch, I thought about repetition and its value, and it was then that I had an epiphany about the Bible. The Bible repeats. Now, I have said this many times before, it's not a new observation, but it is in this context. The details and storylines repeat, and that's because it's an instructional story. Instruction, by design, must repeat in order to land, to be received and understood by the one who is being instructed. When we first hear the Bible, listen to its story, probably as children, we don't know what to expect. We don't retain many of the details. Who remembers the first time they hear a story? But the ones we do remember are those we've heard over and over. It is on the repeated hearing that a story stays with us, that we start to begin to understand it. We hear and notice details that we hadn't noticed before. There are certain works of literature that beg to be reread. Perhaps you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings series of books. If you are, I bet you've reread them. There are millions of Harry Potter fans out there who have read and reread the book series. We are naturally drawn to stories that we enjoy, and we are pulled as if by some magical force to revisit them. It's in the repetition that our knowledge and appreciation of the story takes root. I didn't anticipate that my Breaking Bad rewatch would make any meaningful connection to the Bible, but it has. The first time I watched the show, I had no idea what it was or what to expect. I watched and kept watching because it was a compelling story. But most of the details and the richness of the story and its themes were not memorable on the first watch. It took a second and third watch before I really perceived and appreciated the elegance of its crafting. I perceived connections in the story. It was then that the characters, storylines, and dialogue made an impact. The show was sealed in my memory in a way that it would not have been had I only seen it once. And I bring this up because it gives me an opportunity to point out the parallel with the Bible. Hearing the Bible's repetitive story is how we imbibe the storyline. The repetition is built into the text. Choose a book of the Bible, and you will notice how storylines repeat within that book. Storylines also repeat across books. Some phrases are exact duplicates. In the book of Psalms, in which we find over 150 different psalms, we hear repetitions of phrases such as, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, and 
for his steadfast love endures forever. The Ten Commandments passages in Exodus are repeated in Deuteronomy, which is not surprising since the book of Deuteronomy is a repeat of the law which was first given in the book of Exodus. The word Deuteronomy is from the Greek, which means second law. The name of the book reveals exactly what it is, a repetition. Perhaps the best example of this repetition is the New Testament gospel stories. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to as the synoptic gospels because so many of their stories are the same or similar. Synoptic means seen together. We find the parable of the sower, for example, written in nearly the same way in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. Some storylines are slightly different tellings of the same theme. We have two creation stories in the book of Genesis, in chapters 1 and 2, for example. Although, I would say that they are different, not just slightly different. Not only is the Bible itself repetitive, but it is in hearing the story a second, third, fourth time, etc., that we are imprinted with the storyline. How, then, do we receive it as instruction? Well, the better we know the story, the better able we are to follow it, better able to follow what the characters do and the consequences for said characters. We, as hearers of the story, are not supposed to don their personas. We are not David or Saul or Abraham. But we can take the lesson from their story. How did they misstep? What was the Lord God in the Bible trying to teach them? The biblical story is a long one, and we make the presumption that we know it because we've read parts here and there. A serious student of the Bible cannot do that. But why not? Because if you read parts here and there, you will read yourself into the parts that you choose and then try to apply them to your life. You will use the Bible to justify yourself and your life choices. Unless you give your attention to the story, rather than what you can take from it, you will abuse others in its name, and this is the ultimate apostasy, the ultimate betrayal of a text whose purpose is to disarm, not arm its hearers. If you are a student of the Bible, bear with its repetitions and keep hearing it, because that's the way that this mighty book works. That's all for today. Until next time, this is Vexed. Vexed is a production of the Ephesus School Network.